Welcome to episode 25 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, the silver anniversary. McSauce enters the silver age of the podcast where we will... What are we doing? We're going to a larger size, larger format. Yep. We're going to do some goofy sci-fi stuff until we reach the... What? What's the next age? The modern age, I think. It was. And another 25 25 episodes. That's when we get gritty. And you know when you say, fuck the comics code. It is true. September 9th, 2013, 9-9. And a lot of leg pouches. My name is... (laughs) Shiny Eyeball. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Ian Sharpley. Hello. Matt Cassell. Hi. And everyone's favorite special guest, Dominic Yosi. Thank you. Uh, I guess that's just my favorite. Well, this, okay. <laughs> this is my third time here. Third time's a charm. This is going to be the best podcast. Before, before we get into everything, we're going to talk some Baltimore Comic Con post game. We're going to try some Star Wars Mad Libs. This is the shit that's going to happen in the Silver Age of the McSauce podcast. Oh, we're going to do some what you've been reading. But first, Matt has a particularly thick boner. For Ian's Sega Dreamcast shirt tonight. Oh yeah, I do. Because of it, the coincidence on him wearing it on nine nine thirteen. It was completely coincidence. But Matt, tell me why you love me. Because you're black. Yeah, because you're black, and I don't have any other black friends. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> That's not true. Either. That's my claim to oh, oh, wait, that, so, that, that you don't love me. So what, what did we decide while Dom's here? What is Matt? What race is Matt? When Dom is, is here, pure ethnicity. He's because Dom's super are Italian. You, are you Polish? What are you? No, German. I'm mainly German. German. Okay, you're German. Oh, that's a good one. You're German. Dom is Italian, without a doubt. Yes, I'm very much mixed. Are you? Yeah, German, so Italian. You're Italian until Irish. Dom's here, and then you're German. Irish. I'm very down Slovak Jewish, and Norwegian. Oh, <laughs> Norwegian. <laughs> I like the Norwegian. Viking-esque. Well, it's my blonde hair and blue eyes that it gives is. it away. <laughs> and my exceeding, exceedingly uh, tall stature. But did you have a Dreamcast? Uh, I, I have a shirt because I worked at Toys R Us and they gave it away for free. Did you not own a Dreamcast? I did not you own a Dreamcast. You deprived yourself, my friend. Well, I played it at work all the time, so, so I, you knew I feel like I kind of rented a Dreamcast when I was But you only working. got to play like ten minutes of the same game. But Marvel vs. Re- Capcom 2 is amazing. I was really good at the first level of the fishing game that was a default. Oh, that game they had, they had the fishing rod that was attached. Sega yes. Bass Fishing. Yes. Dominic and I worked at the same Toys R Us. Correct. So. Did we ever play Marvel vs. Capcom 2? Probably we had. Yeah. yeah. The Sega Dreamcast came out on September 9th, 1999. The, infa- the infamous day was Paul. It was nine nine ninety nine, and so now four Ian nines is, in a row. Ian is resurrecting it on nine nine two nines in a row. The number of the great Wayne Gretzky. Yes, very Gretzky. Right, not that guy on the Ravens. So was that fourteen years ago? Was in the Ravens for ninety nine? No. No, Steelers had LeVon, LeVon Kirk, 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 who was 99. Yeah, and now Brett Kiesel, who's yeah, 99. Brett Kiesel was 99. I find it... Fabulous period. And the Indians had, I believe, Wild Thing. They had Charlie <laughs> Sheen. That's true. It's my, it's my hockey dedication that I find it insulting 
when another sport wears 99 or 66. That's that us against them mentality that you bring into everything you do. <laughs> going to like, going to the the fast food restaurant. I feel like those numbers should be retired across all sporting formats. If you want to retire 23 across all sporting formats, I'm okay with. That. I agree. I agree. I like that. I like that. Does football have any football doesn't have anybody that you can just look at a number. No, if, like, I don't think in football, if you look at a number, you know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think the closest for the longest time was seven with John Elway and then Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Sorry, where well, I guess, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh-wise, yes. I would say maybe 16 for Joe 16 Montana. 16 Joe Montana, but yeah. But I yeah, mean, it's think, close. Yeah, I mean, close. Joe Montana? Yes, he was a great tackler. Montana? He was yes. a great tackler. He was a good tackler. What number was Joe Namath? Joe Namath was 12. Joseph was 12, because I just watched Ghostbusters 2 the other day, <laughs> which bothered me. Bring it back into the yes. nerd world. Yes. So that's how we That's what we do. We go all the way around. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver brings Oscar in. Ah, she brings and my dick he in, bring, too. And then he brings that Joe, he, he brings the Joe yes. Namath hoodie, or the sweater, and he was like, this is the only thing I could find. Two seconds later, he dives on his bed, and you see a hamper full of dirty clothes, and he's also wearing a long sleeve, uh, uh, plaid flannel shirt. That also can be used as a baby diaper if that Joe Namath sweater is that near and dear to you. That was my last flaw that I just watched on Ghostbusters too. So, well done, Dominic. Like yeah. you. Minor nerd rage. I apologize. My, nerd rage. My best Joe Namath memory is his guest star on The Brady Bunch. Oh my god, yes. way better than that was when he was drunk out of his mind. <laughs> Monday Night Football. Susie Colbert. was hitting on Susie Colbert. And they were talking about the Jets struggling th- that year, and he said, I couldn't care less about the Jets struggling. I want to kiss you. Thanks, and Joe! And he's like, yeah! Which, for the record, I also would like to kiss Susie Colbert. I think everybody would like to kiss her. They even made a really? web... Really? Even straight people? Yeah, everybody. Yes, everybody. everybody. Does Joe Namath have that weird proper English, or is that just your drunk voice? That, no, 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 no. He did, he did it verbatim in the style that he said it, and yeah, he, Joe, that, Namath, that was drunk Joe Namath had that weird vodka in him that made him say it like that. <laughs> Susie Colbert always looked like a mom. I was never. I, yeah, I, that's Susie why Colbert. I love Susie. You need no. Go go. ESPN two. Look up. Yeah, Susie ESPN Colbert. Two. ESPN two. I Sex. fell in love with Susie Colbert. Uh, is it Colbert? It's, Col- it's Colbert. It's not Colbert. It's Colbert. Not, it's not Colbert. It's Colbert. It is not. It's, it's Susie no Colbert. Team. It's Susie no, Colbert. But it's it's not. She doesn't look attractive there either. I love it. I no. fell in love with her in the first like two or three years of the X Games. When it was on ESPN2 and no one watched it and it wasn't a big deal. Because you're a big old school BMXer. Which that is why I got out of comics. Rad, of is, Rad is your favorite movie of all time. Don't mess with Bart As Taylor. it should. How about... Jones for life. How about... Housekeeping with Ian Hartley. <laughs> oh! You, I know you guys have been waiting all this time. It's a tease. Uh, just the tip. Just the tip. 
So Su- great Su- shenanigans. Su- Susie Colbert or Colbert or however we're going to say it. K-O-L-B-E-R. Yeah, Colbert. Col- Colbert. I know. But She's not French Canadian. They're trying to turn her into... Colbert. What's his face's wife? Stephen Colbert's wife. Anyway, you know what she likes? She likes going to McSauce.com and she will download the podcast as she dreams of Joe Namath kissing her on the sidelines that day. Um, and it happens on Wednesdays. I don't know whenever she's going to get kissed by him, but Wednesday is when the podcast comes out. <laughs> Tuesdays and Fridays, the old comic strip. You can like us on Facebook. A lot. We got a lot of reaction from Baltimore Comic Con, which we're going to talk about in a little bit on our Facebook page. Thank you for to everybody that came out and liked us on Facebook. Um, we appreciate that. Got a lot of uh, good feedback and and way to go. Way to go, team, on Facebook. Yeah, a lot week. of two thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, a lot of digital two thumbs nice. up. Nice, uh, You can also check us out in the iTunes store, Stitcher Radio. <clears throat> in the iTunes sto- store, write a review. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us how your life could not go on without us. You can't us. write multiple reviews, though. You can't. So if you've already written a review, we're not looking at you. We're looking at the people that listen to us all the time. You can write. Don't. You can rewrite your review yeah. because if you go in again, you'll rewrite what you already posted. But you can't do a brand new one. If you're listening to us tonight and you'd like to comment on any of the four handsome gentlemen that are here, you can get a at Gint underscore McSauce at the Sauce at Little Depressed Matt at Cerebrius. I found out that I do have my old Twitter handle from an old email, which would be easier. So I'm trying to find a way. I don't know. Game. I don't know if you can. Yes, I'm it will be at at standard. Yes, I'm going to be changing. You say four handsome men here, but isn't it true that three of us pale in comparison to the handsomest of them all? Well, he was dubbed handsome upon meeting someone. They were, they were, they were, they were just beside themselves. They were struck by the hand. Of handsomeness. <laughs> An open hand slap. <laughs> Just slap. Tiffany Moore of More Than You Can Chew right in her beautiful face. And she was like, you are just... She really came out and was like, you are just more handsome than I expected. I believe the direct quote was, if I could put every part of my body on your face at the same time, I would do it. <laughs> That's what I heard. It was something like it that. It was implied. I, to this day, I'm mad at Tiff for making such a big deal about your your handsomeness. Your handsomenesticity. He's a good-looking good looking German. He is. He really is. For a German. For a German. But if you want to tell Matt how handsome he is, go to Twitter and hit him up there. See you there. And if he was, if he was at Baltimore Comic Con this weekend, I'm sure we would have got more people stopping at the table... Saying, who is this handsome young Devil. thing here? Who's this handsome? Who's this handsome scoop of handsomeness? <laughs> Please, a single scoop of handsomeness? Double scoop. Well, he's this a guy little. He's a little. Two scoops. He's this guy's the raisin brand of handsomeness. No, no, no. no. I mean, he's. <laughs> it's like the sun, and it's a whole shitload of mat heads tumbling into your cereal. <laughs> That's how I want to start my day. Two scoops of handsome. Mm-hmm. We agreed while we were at, while we were at Baltimore Comic Con that if Matt had come with us, we would have never seen him. 
We, like, would I have not come up to the table, or what? <laughs> <laughs> there were there were so many big name creators at at the con. We think you would have just been filling your weekend with awkward stories of meeting every one of these creators. There were so many big name creators there that they were stopping at our table and interrupting our sentences at one point. Really. We'll get to that in a little bit. That's what we call Teasons podcast game. Just the tip in the Silver Age. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, you, Matt, you wouldn't have been there because, for real, Baltimore Comic Con was really awesome. There was a lot of great people. A lot of people that you would like. We were walking around and we we're like, "Is that Mike Magnola?" Yeah, it totally is standing right next for, to us. For the comic book fans that listen to the McSauce podcast. They will know names like Mike Magnola, Frank Cho, Ivan Reyes, Mark Wade, Keith Giffen, Neil Adams, Neil Adams, Ian's good friend and buddy Neil Adams, um, a ton of other guys whose names I can't think of right at this moment. Uh, George Perez. Yeah, George Perez was Perez was there. There were also. Um, Chris Samney. Yeah, some some really good writers. writers uh, Charles, Charles Daredevil right now. Uh, the entire team of new Green Lantern artists, Charles Soule, Van Jensen, Robert Venditti. Were they all on the same panel, same booth? Yeah, they were oh, all, all in the same enclosure. Brian Boland was there. Tons. It was uh, the comic book men guys, Walt, Mike Zapzik, Brian Johnson. We even saw that guy with the dreads, whose name I can never remember. The guy that comes in once in a while and comments. Uh, he's like a he's professional appraiser. Co- Rob too. Bruce. Rob, Rob Bruce. Bruce, yeah. I'm not a fan of any of the people that you mentioned. You're no. not a fan of Neil Adams? You're not a f- fan of Mike Magnola? Well, Mike Magnola. Mark be... Wade? Okay, Frank Cho and Mike Magnola. I'm Keith Giffen? I mean, I I'm like them, but I don't consider myself a fan, right? So, like, I like... Neil Adams and what he's done, but I, I don't know if that I would classify myself as like Frank Gill and Alt like Maltazar were there. Like if Frank Cho were to ask you, "Hey, would you want? Hey, you want a picture?" He he wouldn't he wouldn't take that picture and then pay twenty bucks for it. Wait, one of my pictures? No, the whole Kenny Baker story. Like you, like, oh, like if he were to yeah, walk back yeah, and say, "Hey, yeah. kid, you want an autograph?" Well, I don't ask Paul that one. Ian and I... Amanda Connor? You're not a fan of Amanda yeah, Connor's Jimmy work? Yeah, Jimmy Palmotti and Amanda like Connor, Connor were there. Ian and Mark I Mark were... Bagley? I know you're a fan oh, of Mark yeah, Bagley. Mark Bagley was saw him. The Bagster. And you, uh, Mark Buckingham? Are you, are you a Fables guy? No. Okay, I thought you were. Ian and I were faced with... We were paralyzed with indecision and in awe of Frank Cho, the... Patron saint of McSauce. The great drawer of uh, thick thighs and gigantic breasts. Frank Cho would have been a, a really good guy to to expose McSauce to because he kind of got his... He's in it a couple legs. of times, honestly. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where he got started with his comic strip stuff. On the internet? Yeah, well, not on the internet, but he was comic a, strip. Yeah. yeah, he was an old newspaper guy. Here's the question. Did you guys say, Mr. Cho, 
Here's our card. Check us out online. No, and Frank Cho we was were... as close to me as I'm sitting to, well, maybe a little further away than Dom sitting, because he's on my he lap. Was, he was from <laughs> me to you right now. He was no more than four feet. And we walked and we up. we just kind of stood walked, there and looked at him. We walked past, and we were looking at this really busty, beautiful Ahura that was standing in front taking pictures with people. What's Ahura? Ahura from Star Trek. Uhura, Lieutenant Uhura. By the way, thank you for that picture. She was fantastic. She was fantastic. I liked it. I was a fan. Let yeah. me show you a picture, and you and made she it. Had, she had Francho's signature on her butt oh. cheek. Yes. Which, based off of the picture he sent me, that seems one of the two appropriate yeah. places Chicky, for a signature. Juicy Uhura. One Uhura of the was bringing four. The oh, we left, were, right, left, right. Correct. Okay. We were walking, we were walking toward the t-shirt booth to see... Oh. If we wanted to get any t-shirts. So right. we're walking past, and there's no line in front of Frank Cho. He's just sitting there drawing, and we both kind of stopped. And we looked at him, and we're like, it's Frank Cho. He's drawing. Should we say something? Well, where's the line? Is the line over there? Why is no one in front of Frank Cho? Should we talk to Frank Cho? And we were, I'm going to shake his hand. I'm going to shake his hand. No. No. Really? That's the conversation that we had. And then we walked away and went to the lame-ass <laughs> oh teacher. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> Well, as, as we're bad at promotion. As I explained later on, I talked to a handful of creators that were there. Neil Adams talked to us, but there's like Mike Mignola, Frank Cho. Had Jeff Johns been there, I think those I I regard those guys so highly, I couldn't do it. When we were walking out on the last day, con was over. Five o'clock Sunday. Con was over. We're walking out, and we see Ivan Reyes, who is responsible for a shit ton of the best Green Lantern stories of all time for drawing those books. Him and his anchor, Joe Prado, were sitting sitting at their booth. No one was around. They were just hanging out, and I didn't go talk to them. And that's going to be... I'm going to look back on that and say, I should have fucking talked to those guys. Just to shake his hand and say, I really like your work. Yeah, I feel like we should have did that with Frank Cho because out of everybody who was there, he's probably my favorite artist that was there. And he was an inspiration to you guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I have a I have a tough time doing that. Even like if you go to like I could teach you training camp or anything. Pat, uh, a a quasi celebrity (laughs) on the shoulder. Uh, in I a don't really think it's awkward manner. On the shoulder. I think it's like grab the scruff of his neck and brush his shoulder. What? Then you you just brushed his shoulder. You didn't really pat him. Well, you just kind of touched him. Yeah. I prefer I prefer to have my celebrities come up to me and interrupt me in the middle of my sentence, which is what Neil Adams so did to let's us. Let's break down the Neil Adams interaction. If we can dare call it Neil Adams interaction. Well, it was because it was because he came over. You know, we we didn't call him over. He came over and surprised us. For those that aren't familiar with Neil Adams, who's Neil Adams? Neil Adams. Are you going to tell us who Neil Adams is? Yeah, I thought you were. No, he asked the question. I thought no, he didn't ask it. I thought he was going into it. Go into it. You were. No, no, I want Paul to do it. I would say Neil Adams is the quintessential Batman artist of the 70s. If there is if there is Batman art out there, it's probably from 70s. It's going to be drawn by Neil. Neil Anybody Adams. that is listening to this podcast, 
ever will have seen Neil Adams' Batman at some point. Now, is that the classic <clears throat> blue and gray Batman? Yeah. Okay. The Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams stuff. They're the ones that wrote and drew Son of the Demon, where he fucks Talia. That's the stuff from the 70s that right after the campy 60s stuff... They, they brought him. They brought him back, and he was so he, a detective. And would he, he be, yeah. would he be the first Batman that had some edge to him? Yeah, he uh, was, he was a, a little bit. I mean, not. It's we're not going overboard with Frank. Oh no, Miller's yeah, stuff. I know we're not. We're not touching yeah. Frank Miller. Frank Miller, over Miller the edge. gets all the credit for making for bringing the dark back to Batman. But Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams started taking the them camp, down that path. The camp away from Batman. So right. okay, Denny O'Neill's Batman is he considered a, the Dark Knight? I, I think he's the detective, right? I, I would say that's more of a detective Batman than okay. the Dark Knight. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, Neil Adams is, he's comic book royalty. He really is. Oh, yes. At this point. A-list. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, what, we have super yeah. A-list. Absolutely. Yes, A-list. Definitely. And he has a gorgeous head of hair. He really does. Uh, so we were sitting there talking. How old is he, would you estimate? Uh, 60s? Uh, he was born in 41. Oh, wow. Okay. He is late sixties, seven, seventy-two. Are seven, you kidding yeah. me? Or, or he's pretty spry, seventy-two. That's a solid head of hair for seventy-two. Yeah, he he's got to be. I hope he's from New York. I was gonna say he's got to be Canadian. <clears throat> yeah, Canadians yeah. have that good thick head of hair to save <clears throat> to them stand from the up cold. to the for the winters. Yeah, we're we're standing there. We were talking to our table mate Tom Lynch of Thirty Extra Lies and famously the cat who always dies. And his Comic-Con's favorite book. <laughs> Comic-Con, Baltimore Comic-Con was famous for three things. Matt Smith, Doctor Who cosplays, Butts, and The Cat Who Always Dies. In, in, not in that order, though. Not in that order. I think it was The Cat Who Always Dies, Butts, and mm. then Doctor Who, and Finn. But we're standing there talking to Tom. Tom's standing up. I'm sitting at the table. Paul's sitting at the table. And I was, Tom doesn't necessarily agree with the kind of things that Paul and myself like in comic books and movies, in life in general. He, he was generally taking Matt's place at Comic-Con. And I was in the middle of saying, don't you think that <laughs> if Matt were here and right in the middle of it, out of nowhere, comic royalty comes down and slams on our table and goes, really? Right at me. And I looked at him and I was just shocked because I didn't know what to say. Normally, I could have some witty thing to snap back at somebody, but I was sure that it was Neil Adams and I didn't want to be an asshole. So I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he and then he laughed, smiled, and walked away. That was it? That was the interaction? That was, that was it. That was the interaction. That was it? That was it. Oh, I thought you guys at least would have had a semi conversation with him. He was, he was, he was in and out. No, there was he was no, in and out. There he was, was like no a, time to have a semi conversation. He was like a phantom. Wow. But it was good, and I liked it. Nice. Thank you, Neil Adams. What did what, what did he say really to me? Saying I was I was going into saying that you and Tom like all the same shit that we hate. Does he know me or something? He he must. He <laughs> must. Ian was being so so I, loud. I think I was being my my normal loud self. 
What did you do, Paul? Um, I said something stupid like, yeah, that's how it went. But he was gone. He was like, there was, was no like time. There was, was no fail. time for us to be funny or react. We just came in and out. That's how I like my interactions. We weren't even we weren't even looking. We the slam and he said it and we turned around and both of our brains just kinda hitched on. Look at that guy's beautiful head of hair. Did you Dom, did you say? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll I'll take right. a, I'll take another beer. Alright. It took it you know there after going to this Comic Con where there were so many big name creators, people that uh, that I recognized I realize there's certain levels of people that I'll, I'd go talk to and people that I wouldn't. Like, there's the Mike Mignolas and Frank Cho's and Ivan Reyes. I'm totally intimidated by that. Yeah, guys that I just... They're in this A-list that I, 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 I couldn't do it. I don't I, have any business talking to those people. And it, it even took me a good half hour of hemming and hawing before I decided to get up and go talk to Keith Giffen. And he was literally... On the other side of the tables from us. Right. Like, if you went over to the next aisle, that's where he was. I also talked to Charles Soule and Van Jensen. Can you can you back up and tell me a little bit about how your Keith Giffen interaction went? Um, Keith Giffen is an older gentleman. Keith Giffen's been in the business for a long time. I think he was old in the 80s. He Which, was responsible for that classic run on Justice League back Justice in the League late International yeah, with back Jam, in the late 80s. Mateus, who was also at Baltimore Comic Con. He um, was right he was right next to us. He was, yeah, well he was he was across from us a little yeah. bit. Um, I I was never into Keith Giffen's responsible for creating Lobo. The big alien the Zarnian who killed his entire planet. He was the big Did uh, you ask him what his opinion is of the um, the redesign? I didn't, but a couple a couple people in front of me in line asked him, and I was close enough at that point that I could I could hear hear the interaction. And and he said that he said you know I haven't I haven't done anything with that character in so long I haven't <coughs> I haven't wrote him or drawn him in so long. You know, it's nice to have a character that's made such an impact that's been around, but I'm so distanced from that character now that it's time to pass on the torch and you know let let the company do it do what they want with him. It's a very good neutral stance. Yeah, yeah, was, I'm sure. Every politician. The, yeah, I'm sure. Tell I, DC I personally line don't like the look point. of the new Lobo. I don't I, either. I don't like what they did with him. From what I understand, the current writer doesn't even like that character design, and he said that that's really not the way he's going to look in the comic. I hope not, because yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be intimidated that this guy killed his entire family or his entire planet, <laughs> and he's looking Lobo was like so he is. The original design was so unique. I mean, he's he's this he's big like almost as big as the Hulk. He has white skin. He has almost like spawn like shit around his eyes. Because it was big, a parody, big, right? Big spiky black hair. Yeah. Yeah, a ton yeah. of chains on him. He rides a space motorcycle. He's a, and now he looks like Robert Pattinson as did you, Edward Cullen. Did you tell Keith Giffen that you really liked his work on Trencher? I don't even know what Trencher is. I know what Trencher is because I have two issues of Trencher. That is a uh, that's a famous uh, deep cut that Paul is a big fan of. It was in Wave 2, if we can yeah. call it that, of Image that had Tribe, um, Bloodstrike. Right. Supreme was in that whole deal. Yeah. Now, uh, he also wrote the run on the Freak Force 
the spit the Savage Dragon team spinoff, which was actually really good, drawn by Vic Bridges, if anyone's wondering. Very John Jeff, Byrne. Jeff Bridges. Son. Would have to be. Makes sense. His father. Keith Giffen was very, very cordial, very nice, willing to, <clears throat> willing to talk. Um, a few people in front of me. Like, I was in line for a while, and most of that time I was waiting was because he was just bullshitting with some, some fan. See, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, years years ago, it, at least over over five years ago now, Keith Giffen wrote, and he wrote, he wrote an article on comic book resources every week. There was just about random stuff about about the business, and that I had read some Keith Giffen books up until that point. He wrote he wrote a four the uh, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse thing for DC. That was good. It was the Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, Trinity, and they had to deal with the Four Horsemen. It was it was a really good really good run. The worst thing I can say about a Keith Giffen book I've read is it's okay. Like I've I've enjoyed everything everything he's written. So I and I really enjoyed that comic book resources article and then you know it, all of a sudden it was gone. So I went up and shook his hand. I said, you know, I really really enjoyed enjoy your work, especially that comic book resources article that that you did. <clears throat> he was like, oh yeah. He was like, well, I had to stop writing that because a lot of a lot of industry guys weren't really happy with some of the things going on in there. Right. Because he, he was... It's cool that you brought that part of his career up. I'm sure he really dug that because I'm sure he hears all the other stuff all the He's time. He's a really sharp, funny guy. And in, in the article... I bet he never gets be... shit on Trencher, though, if he would have brought up Trencher. Oh! If I would have remembered, I would have brought a copy, gave it to him, had him sign it. He wasn't, he wasn't spilling industry secrets mm-hmm. in that article, but he was just always very candid about mm-hmm. the business. And uh, it was... It was always a really interesting and funny read. He's a funny guy. And um, you know, I told him I liked DCU versus Masters of the Universe. I wasn't expecting it to rock my world, but it was a really good book. And he was, I think, when I told him I really liked it, he, he said, really? Like, he, I think he was kind of surprised. Because he knew it was a piece of shit. It's, it's a cool book. It's a cool book. I suggest picking it up. It's not going to change the landscape of your comic book reading, but... It's a fun read. I might get it on the old comic Comics Yeah, there you it know is. it. Not that they sponsor us yet, but they will. What I what I noticed and really appreciated from all the all the big name creators is that they were there all day, both days. They put in long days. That's kind of rare. If, if if you're the bigger name guys like they were, putting in the full eight hours is. Yeah, I'd say, you know, George Perez, Neil Adams, Mark Wade, they were some of the I, I would consider Mark Ray Mark Wade comic book royalty at this point. And they were there all day talking to people, signing autographs, really putting the time in. Every convention that I've ever gone to, A, George Perez has been there. B, he's been there the whole time. C, he always wears that M and M's goofy t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> There were, yeah, the, the the Baltimore con was substantially larger than than Pittsburgh's. 
But that was only, you said it was only a two-dayer. It's only Saturday and Sunday, right? Next year, it's going to be three days, though. Okay. And yeah. everybody in Artist Alley groaned when they are like, come join us next year for our first three-dayer. <laughs> they're like, uh... It's such a weird juxtaposition of, juxtaposition of big-name creators and smaller creators... All, non-existent all the, creators all in the same place existing existing in the same room trying to do the back to back it's there was really no separation right. like Keith Giffen was right over the next aisle from us Frank Cho was somebody that we almost ran into his table because we were looking at butts and boobs we essentially ate lunch with Brian Johnson we did who's Brian Johnson from, uh, the big from, guy with the beard from, from AMC's Comic Book, Book Man we're sitting in Subway, he came walking in with his niece, I believe. The inspiration for Randall? Yeah. Yeah. The inspiration yeah. for Randall from Clerks. And he came in, and some guy, some nerd, shook his hand and started talking him up a little bit, and we just kind of sat there. We, of course, cool. didn't say anything to him, we, la- we, we don't do that. We loudly talked about, I really like the widening gyre, hoping that it would get back to Kevin Smith. Brian Johnson didn't have anything to do with it, did he? He's always no. with him, so therefore. Oh, good friends, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, how was he with this fan? In the- he was really cool. He was a really nice guy. So but. they they chatted? They did. They talked for a while. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I um, I told Ian whenever we were sitting there that this would... I imagine this that would be what it was like. What it would be like living in L.A. Because we're just wandering around the con and we're like, oh... There's Mike Mangola, and oh, there's, there's Brian Johnson. A lot of a lot of recognizable people. And on a Saturday night, we were there. Oh, yeah. We were there at night, and the aforementioned Tom Lynch, who is uh, apparently a Comic Con veteran of, of multiple of thirty extra lives dot com fame. And, of course, the cat that always dies. The cat who always who, dies. Who always. Tom. Not that. Sorry, Tom. So, Tom Lynch, veteran of multi-conventions, had the inside scoop on where we should go to hang out after the convention. Uh, had an idea of the hotel that the majority of the creators hung out at and the bar in the hotel that they were going to be at. So after we had dinner, we walked over to said hotel and uh, went in. Where did you have dinner? Bubba Gump Shrimp. Mm, how because was it? we walked all the way around the fucking harbor, going to the furthest place away, thinking all the nerds wouldn't go to that place. And then we get there, and it was like a $50 a plate, classy restaurant. So nice. then we went back to Bubba Gump. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. And we sat in there, we ate dinner. And they kind of told us some, they, they said that since we got drinks, that we were going to be able to have some souvenir glasses that we, we were going to be able to get, and, and they're free, just go down to the gift shop and pay for them, or pay for your dinner, is what we thought. So we get up, and, and we leave, and we walk down there, and it turns out that they thought we walked out on the bill. So the waitress came out. I was just calling my manager, and oh, oh, thank God, thank God that you guys are here. So wow. after we had dinner there, we went over to said hotel, went up to the bar, walked right in, and there was there was everybody there sitting, hanging out, having some drinks. 
It was like the Moss Eisley Cantina filled with comic book creators. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some fans there as well, but we went back in a little corner table, and we were kind of diagonal from George Perez. I think, I think Amanda Connor was over there. Perez, Amanda Connor, Jim Calafiore, uh, Brian Ball, and some guy with a giant beard. Was Jimmy Palmiotti there? I don't know. I don't um, know. Ed I didn't Jensen, see Charles Soule, like all those. It was like the DC super secret going to drink party, and we just like stumbled. Were there were there different factions? So you had the Marvel side, you know, like West Side. No, this yeah. comic convention was light on Marvel, honestly, because Marvel doesn't care about meeting the people. If we want to slander them, sure, oh. we can say that. Well, Jim Frank Cho was there. He does a ton of Marvel stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was it was a DC thing up there but it was it was a real real weird atmosphere because we definitely didn't belong there no but we rolled in like we belong there yeah it's all about confidence and Tom Lynch had this Tom Lynch has this weird nonchalant swagger about him (laughs) and we're up getting drinks and some fan was standing there with us and he was like he, he was like have you ever been in a room with this much talent in it and Lynch looked at this dude deadpan and was like, uh, yeah, two years ago when I was in the same bar with these same people, deadpan. And that guy must have thought, this guy writes something that I don't know. That must be awesome. And then, So, yeah, Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch one day will be the greatest Tom, comic book creator of I'm, all time. I'm glad I wasn't there for that because I'd, I'd have felt really awkward. That seems like he was be really awkward, too. Lynch is smooth in a very awkward way. Yeah, it was, you know, it, it was neat being able to, the, the whole con, you know, not just our, you know, breaking into the super secret DC party, but just seeing every, all, you know, all the people whose work that we read every week, seeing them hang out, doing, just chilling, but we didn't want to interrupt, uh, you know, super secret drinking time. No, but it was cool to be there. It, it definitely, it doesn't have a lot of highlights to the story, but... I thought it was pretty cool that we shared a space with all those people. Do you guys feel like you learned anything from your experience at this convention that you can roll into the Pittsburgh Comic Con in a couple weeks? No, because it's such a short turnaround. But we learned a lot of things that we can turn over for next year's Comic Con schedule. Such as? We need a catchy title for something on our table, like... The cat who always dies. Or poop office. Or poop office. <laughs> Please elaborate. Poop office was a is apparently a webcomic about poop in an office and they <laughs> they went all fucking out. Their ban they they had two two, two tall vertical banners that said poop office, gigantic at the top. And it was a photo of a to- of like straight on in front of a toilet, and then drawn on it was poop coming out of the toilet with a two eyes and a mouth. They had and t-shirts. It had like a it had like post-it notes and a office cell phone and a little little laptop because that was the poop's office. They had merch like a mother. They had cups. They had t-shirts. They had books. They had prints. They had postcards. They had, they had 
little poop treats that you could possibly eat. Poop office. Poop office in they a house. A stuffed, they had a stuffed piece of poop. That the chickie was walking around the con with. Stuffed poop. You know what they should get, though? A, a An bet. artist. Yes. Well, what you're looking at now isn't the stuff that they had up at their table. That's the first rendition of Poop Office. Okay. I think it's now photos with color poop drawings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will admit that if I were at a con and I saw a big sign that said Poop Office... I would very much be curious and want to stop by. I know. It drew- and at least grab the business card or something like that. What was funny, though, was that Tom Lynch had a, a print that he did that said poop at the top of it. And he felt like they stole his entire <laughs> shtick. So we had competing poop. Tom's, Tom's one comic strip called The Cat Who Always Dies at thecathoalwaysdies.com. It... It brings so many people in because people are walking by and they see that title and they're like, oh my god, why are you killing cats? Poop Office is on Comixology? Yes. Poop you off- can buy Poop Office at Amazon.com? I can't think of any poop. other place. Poop. poop Office has a following. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there it is. That's, that's, the, the, that's the poop. The plush, the plush doll. Oh, that's cute. Oh. Yeah, but Tom Lynch and the cat who always dies... That's that's something that when people are walking by, they're like, oh, why are you killing cats? And Lynch's response is always, well, it's only one cat. It was, <laughs> In that it was a, dry Tom Lynch kind of now, way. Now, is it the one cat who just cannot die, but he dies for the sake of the strip? Or is it the same cat who's been cloned hundreds of thousands of times? I would imagine that it's, it's the same cat that dies and cannot die. I think it's a Kenny situation. Yeah. Okay. So he so he just dies in the panel, but come the next strip, he's alive. He's perfectly alive. And tag team back again. Got it. Tag team is like Kenny and the cat, who always dies as well. Yeah, it was a it's a different it's a different atmosphere than the Pittsburgh con that we did last year because it's a lot bigger. So next year, we'll tweak some stuff going in. Yeah. Are you guys gonna make a return trip to Baltimore? I'd like to. I'd like to. Baltimore. We haven't discussed it yet. But. Baltimore as a as a city and the event was really really cool. I really enjoyed our time in Baltimore. The only thing that I would change is the fact that apparently in Baltimore the Orioles play <laughs> every fucking second of the day, and every time that we were outside, the Orioles game was either. Starting, So people were going to the Orioles game, or it was ending, and people were leaving the Orioles game. It happened, Orioles play four times during the day, four times at night. All the fucking time. Fuck the Orioles. I fucking hate them now. Almost as much as the Ravens. Tom Lynch argued that you see just as much home sports team paraphernalia in other cities at other cons. And in fairness, Camden Yards is directly across the street from the convention center. But I don't think I don't think you see as much Steelers stuff here at a con than we did Orioles stuff in Baltimore. It Orioles was, shit was everywhere. It was fucking offensive seeing Orioles shit. It, oh. There's so much stuff. That's serious considering Ian doesn't give a shit about baseball. Yes. Well, I just hate baseball too. Maybe next time one of you fine gentlemen can take time out of your busy schedules to come with us. We missed you because we wanted to leave the table 
for longer than we left the table. <laughs> and you need a spokesperson. And as, as Matt said earlier, he probably would have done things like, Frank Cho, your art's so good. Have an exhaust business card. And Don would have just, just brought the Tony Stark signing autographs and slipping business cards in people's pockets without them knowing it. I thought you were going to say slipping them in people's buttholes for some reason. <laughs> no, no. That's not Dom style. He's a gentleman. No, I'm a gentleman. I properly, I, I get permission. <laughs> That's what we do. Rape? <laughs> That's not what Dom does. So, tell me a little bit about how the comic strip and podcast went over to those that you did get a chance to tell them about it. Why you gotta bring us down like this? The people that down. the people that we talked about it were very receptive. Um, a couple hours after um, one group of people went by, we had they had already been on uh, the Facebook and liked us on there. Mm-hmm. So you know the people that we talked to about it were. Seemed I very, did see that um, we, had, we we get a, we got a couple new people who liked the page. Yeah, they seemed they seemed very very receptive, and that was the real trick at this con is getting people to the table. Yeah. And then once once they stepped up and talked to us a little bit, like everything, you know, we talked to them, they checked out some of our stuff and everything went well. But we didn't have that we didn't have that get jit of the table factor like poop office or the cat who always dies. Or a picture of Wolverine which we're just gonna put up on the banner next time. Cause everyone loves Wolverine? Because he's recognizable and people know who that is. I believe he's an A-lister. I think so. I, w- I would agree with that. Especially yeah, so, at a comic book convention. Yeah, the the people that the people that uh, we talked to seemed seemed very very receptive, and uh, you know we hope they listen to the podcast. Now, the strip. are we at all concerned that that Ian just lambasted the the Baltimore fans? The uh, the customers of Baltimore, if you will. Not any more than whenever Paul lambastes the fans that we already have that we know personally, and some <laughs> are related to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would think it would not affect, because there's cities that have rivalries. New York, Boston, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, because of the football well, thing. Are, it's going to be just... Oh, L.A., Anaheim, and It's going to be like a little one. twisting right. of the knife, but... It's all like a lot of mutual hatred. And, I, and like gathering. I said, I really like the city. I thought Baltimore was really cool. The Inner Harbor was a really nice area. Um, it was it was a cool time. I wish we got to see more of it. Honestly. Well, there, there, there were there were a couple times we were talking to people, and um, one of the girls that worked there, the Baltimore Comic Con had purple and gold lanyards and T-shirts. And we were asking her where to go about something, and she was said something. Oh, I've got to wear this purple and gold all day. And we didn't know how to react to it at because first because we didn't know where. Because we, I just assumed everyone was from Baltimore. And she was like, "Oh, I've got to wear this this stuff." And I'm a big Steelers fan, and we we're like, "What? Like you shouldn't be because you're in Baltimore." And some other chick, some other chick was at the booth and was like, "She said something about Steelers and." I was like, "Uh oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get blasted!" And then she put up a high five, like, "Yeah, Steelers!" So, how much did, how much time did you guys get actually walking the floor itself? Um, a lot more than you would think. <laughs> not really. We put in time at that booth. I'd say maybe an hour total. 
Okay. Like two days at the con. When I went to Indianapolis for Star Wars Celebration 3, and uh, it was back in 2005 when Episode 3 was coming out. I'm sorry that I keep touching your knee with my foot. Is, it, is, this, is this like kneesies? Because you keep kneesies. touching my knee with your foot? No. Foot knees. You don't need to keep doing <laughs> um, it. Foot knees. Foot knees. Anyway, the parking lot attendant said that he was a big Steelers fan because uh, he saw the license plate on the car and it said Pennsylvania and he's like, oh yeah, I'm a big Steelers fan and I told him that I was too and he's like, yeah, they're going to go all the way this year and god damn, if he wasn't right, they went ahead and they won the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> That's funny. I wanted to go back to that parking lot and be like, where, where is that guy? Yeah, I'm parking in this parking lot every preseason, yeah, right? you know. That's, that's, that's your parking lot of choice now. It is, yeah. So, Another, uh, there were a lot of people from Pittsburgh that were down at that con. Um, How long of a drive was it? It wasn't all that long. Four, four hours? hours yeah. Three and a half if we didn't stop to talk about. It went by really quick. Going down and coming back. Taco Bell? Yeah. What did you get? I got the uh, the cheesy gordita crunch with Baja sauce on my hard tacos because you cannot the go Baja, wrong with sauce the Baja sauce is fantastic. Sauce. Really, I could drink it out of a glass. I know you can put it on anything. I'm, I might put it on my general soda tonight. I thought you were going to say genitals. I thought you. Did <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to go with genitals. That really seemed like the. Throw. And then I was thinking, like, does he want me to eat that off it? He like, might. I, mean, <laughs> well, I like how that you put that on yourself yeah, at that right. point. <laughs> I get the same thing every time I go to Taco Bell. Two steaks, soft tacos, two orders of nachos. Boring. I know. I don't give a shit. So yeah, I, you rolled up to the table with two nachos, and I was like, woo! Two nachos? Yeah. They have a new shredded chicken burrito at uh, Taco Bell. It is so good. Like, Have has anybody had the smothered one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is it any good? Yeah. Yes. It's, it was kind of. I was kind of surprised at how. This is the first was. time Paul and I have ever like agreed on anything. <laughs> we agree on Taco Bell. How would that work? There's nuts to go. Yeah. Like if I because that looks like a, food, a meal that you need to eat there. It yeah. looks like that does yeah. not to go very easily. No, it would go. It does it go in, in like a, a box? Yeah, it deal? comes like in a yeah. plastic thing with a lid and you just keep it straight. You need utensils to eat it, though. You, you can't right. eat I, it while you're driving. Uh, yeah, exactly. I would figure with something called smothered, it's not going to be finger yeah. food. But Have you had the spicy grilled thingy for like a dollar? Yes. Good. Yes. Those are good, Doesn't too. Doesn't beat the spicy flatbread, which I'm waiting eagerly for them to bring back. I yeah, get that the... That thing's pretty good. Beefy nacho, yeah, the beefy nacho loaded griller. Have you I guys, get two of those every visit. Have you guys had uh, any of the Doritos flavored things? Because yeah. I haven't had those yet. No, I have not, but the last time I was at Taco Bell, I always get the Volcano Taco. Oh, excellent choice. And sir. last time I was there, they told me that they no longer offer the Volcano Taco. But they still have the sauce, right? They still, they still offer the Volcano Burrito. But they said they were, they no longer do the Volcano Taco, and like a week later, I saw them pr- uh, advertising the new Dorito, which is called like Fire, which I imagine is just the Volcano Taco, yeah. the one with the Dorito's name. So I'm going to go ahead and give that a try, and that would be the first Locos Taco I've ever had. I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to get, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get all of them. 
and, I, and sample I, them at once. I've had the Doritos taco, but not the cool ranch. Something is off-putting about ranch on my taco. I don't like ranch at all, except cool ranch Doritos. I can no longer eat cool ranch Doritos. Did you like kill yourself in the nineties? <laughs> no, 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 I was. It was. I was 15, and we were at my friend's house. <laughs> so you did kill yourself in the 90s with some... Yes, yes, I did. It, my, sound, it sounds like the beginning of a very special episode. Yeah. Like, this is how his heroin habit and porno <laughs> career started. <laughs> Playing some sad This is like Don Yossi behind the Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a troubling time. My parents got divorced, and I didn't know. And I went to the Doritos. All I had to it's turn not to an was, excuse. All I had to turn to was Frito-Lay. Between Dorito, the Nachos Doritos and the Cool Ranch Doritos tacos, I've probably eaten a hundred of them. Really? <laughs> well, then you've definitely had my fair share, sir. So. Yeah. I'm going to have to get They're involved. Good. They're good. So you're a big supporter of the Cool Ranch, too? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a big Taco it, Bell supporter. Taco Bell is I think this is my, a Taco Bell house. Yes. So. yes. It's probably my favorite of the fast food joints. I, I like McDonald's because I think well, McDonald's has a nice variety. If you remember, Taco Bell was the only fast food place to win the fast food wars, according to Demolition Man. Because <laughs> they, they won the fast food wars. Well, you went deep. <laughs> I went real that's deep. A deep oh, Demolition deep Man is my movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep cut. Usually the deep <laughs> cuts are reserved for Matt. Yeah, that's a deep one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simon Phoenix would have been proud of that. I was so deep it came back out of my mouth. <laughs> just, just a tip poking out. <laughs> Silver Age tease, son. No hold forward in the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. I feel like Taco Bell, though, desperately needs to update their their kind of image, their brand. But aren't they the doing that with? Oh, the oh the internal. Yeah, okay. They are. Yeah. There's, there? there's some new Taco Bells that are really fucking nice. They look similar to a lot of the newer McDonald's. Oh wow! I have yeah, a in. lot of them. A lot of them don't have that little Mexican motif anymore. Now the ones I go to are still cafeteria style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, The one in Monroeville is still an old plaster Taco Bell. And now we'll eat Chinese. Thank you. Chinese break.
Welcome back for the second half of episode 25. How was um, the Chinese break for everyone? I had one dish of Chinese food and one <laughs> egg roll. I had two, and they were 20 minutes apart. <laughs> Half the general so combination, and three crab rangoons. I had about half my, I ate half of my rice and half of my mm-hmm. general sow, so mm-hmm. I general got something to watch tomorrow. General chow? General sow? So? General, uh, general so is how general I, I pronounce it so. So. Matt? I had the um, lo mein. I didn't eat a ton of it. What, half maybe? Maybe. About half, about the rest of us. About maybe a third of my rice and two crab rangoons. Maybe I have four crab rangoons then, because they're gone. I'd imagine they'd give you six. We got, we're, yeah. Probably we're supposed two. to get six. Okay. So, Matt, why don't you kick off the second half, since since this is your baby that we're going to get into. Oh, you want to do this now? This is your baby that oh, we're yeah. going to get into? We're going to get all up in it, because <laughs> we're Doctor Who fans. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, this segment we're going to talk about the Doctor. Doc, no, we're not. We're gonna we're gonna do we're going old school here. Quote of the weekends. <clears throat> if you're a Doctor Who fan, you diddle children. Thank you, thank you. What's that from? It's from me, from my mouth. Mm-hmm. Based on what? Based quote, on quote on children. If you like Doctor Who, based on based their on inability that they've never watched an episode of Doctor Who, and but we like hate to judge their fans. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding. I, however, do like Doctor Who. I do not like diddling kids. False. So you say. False. Truth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how am I supposed to agree with that. Do you know what we can all agree on? What we, can we agree on? We all like Mad Libs. Hmm. <laughs> That's a suspect statement. We all like Star Wars. Yes. That's true. true. Truth. The truth, son, will set you free. And... By the end of this, we will all like Mad Libs. So, my brother picked up for me a Star Wars Mad Libs that, uh, if, for those of you that don't remember, Mad Libs was the little funky little tablet thing that gave you like a, a paragraph worth of a story or information, and you had to fill in the blanks for adjectives, nouns, and verbs, and other various things. Now, to make the to make it fun and interesting, you have to go as sick and perverted as you possibly can, um, and vulgar. And and at the end of the day, this is pretty funny shit. At is, least I predict it will be. As we attempted in our trial run, chains or the singular chain is not dirty and vulgar enough. Right. No. Banana, however, is Correct. So, uh, just randomly going to a page. This is um, this is Boba Fett's guide to bounty hunting, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and kick it off here. Now, what do we want to do? Do we want to just shout out the thing, or are we going to like take turns going around? Why don't you fill it all out, and then we'll have somebody else read it. Well, we need to pick we, words. Yeah, we have to pick up. So, words. like, I'm going to say, okay, give me, give me an let's, adjective. Let's, let's, let's just shout it in out. A, no, in a circle. Let's have some order to this piece. 
Start with Ian. Ian, uh, give me part of the body. Little toe. <laughs> that, See, this that's is already the, good stuff. That's the one that cried wee wee wee, right? Because uh, I expected you to say labia. Yeah, yeah I was that's kind of where your, your head yeah. asked it. So let's see if we can pick it up from here. Adjective. <laughs> Little toe might be funny. Dom, adjective. Uh, me again? Yeah. Uh, smelly. Nice. Mm, I would have gone hairy. Nice. Well, guess what? It's an adjective for you, so it's going to be hairy. There we go. <laughs> so I get a verb. Um, fuck. That'll be mine. Is her stoop an adjective or is it a noun? I don't know. Is what? Her stoop. I don't even know what that it's is. It's an adjective. It's like hairy. It's like the Genre. act of being hairy. Ian, give me a noun. Labia. Labia. I guess that is a thing. Noun, Dom. Uh, noun. Uh, shit. Good. Thing. I'll give. I'll give, I'll give that a try. Paul, give me a plural noun. Meat curtains. <laughs> uh, I have a noun, so I'm gonna go with um. Fuck face. Wow. Harsh. It's getting dark in here. The Mad Libs are that, getting dark. Is that a compound word? Too? In. It might be. Give me a noun. Uh, Look at the excitement all over his face. He's loving this segment. <laughs> See, he's loving this segment as much as we were during the, the test run. Right. Rod. Rod? Yeah. Now you're feeling it. Yeah, because you can use some innuendos now. Dom, I'm going to need a last name of a celebrity. Oh, Ooh, the last name of a celebrity. Um, just because I want to see you have fun spelling it, I want to go with Kardashian. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to say Schwarzenegger. No. I mean, Kardashian would seem Paul, like a good violent part of the body, story. plural. See, now there's meat curtains. Yeah. Clits? Yeah. Oh, okay. Clitori? Clitia. Uh, I get part Clitoris. of the... Is that the plural clitoris? The clitori? Um, I have part of the body as well. I'm going with asshole. Ooh. The timeless classic. <laughs> oldie, the old rusty an oldie, sheriff's badge. An oldie but goodie. Yep. Uh, adjective, Ian. Um, Don't worry, this is almost over. <laughs> Shitting. Shitty. Shitty. Shitty, okay. Plural noun. Plural noun, another one. Uh, plural noun, is that... I can't go... Um, I got nothing. Ass hairs. Okay, take that one. I am slightly interested how this is going to... I think I know what I'm looking so. up on the internet today. Uh, so, whose turn is adjective? Do we go back to Dom or... Adjective, I'll, I'll take... Flaming. Flaming. And I'll finish it up with a plural noun. How about... uh, Retards. (laughs) Okay, here we go, guys. You guys ready for this? This is is Boba Fett's Guide to Bounty Hunting. 
Exactly. Who is this one by? Because our dry run was by. I I, I want to say it's probably by Boba Fett. So okay. it's from his perspective. It is his guy. He's writing it. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Ghost written by Bosk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Luke Skywalker's destiny to follow in his father's little toe steps. <laughs> and the Close. same can be said for the smelly bounty hunter Boba Fett. He is smelling. To a bounty hunter, one must live by a few by a few very hairy rules. One, always be ready to fuck at the slightest sign. <laughs> Damn straight player. <laughs> Trouble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have your jet labia on your back and your and your spaceship ready to take off ready to take off at a moment's shit. You never know when you'll have to pursue a runaway fuck face. <laughs> Still, still Number two, don't ask too many meat curtains. You don't want to ang- to anger a boss like Jabba. The hut. The cunt. The clitoris. The clitori. I can't read my Schwarzenegger. I, I wrote Jabba the Kardashian. Kardashian. Rob. Rod. Rod. Jabba the Rod. Jabba the Rod. Jabba the Rod. Thick dick. I do know what I'm searching the internet for tonight. You don't want it to anger a boss like Jabba the Rod or Darth Kardashian. Play it safe. Just keep your clits open and your asshole shut. <laughs> <laughs> That's good times. And, and number three. Now this one's important. Okay. Stay healthy. Get a shitty night's sleep every night and eat your green ass hairs and get some flaming exercise every day. That way, that way you'll always be ready for any retards the universe throws at you. There you there have you it. Sounds like Boba Fett knows what he's talking about. I'll say. I think that probably worked no out. No wonder he ended up in the Sarlacc. That probably worked out a lot better than we intended it to. <clears throat> now Ian wants to take it home and he wants to, to do another one. I can't wait to see how we Facebook post this. Tonight. Star Wars Mad Libs brought to you by Tony Cassell. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. So, has anyone read anything since last episode? I feel like we've been, well, not me, but some other parties have been so busy. There hasn't been a lot of reading that's been done over the last couple weeks. I read a little bit. A tiny bit? Tiny bit. There we go. What did you read? Uh, well, sticking with the Star Wars theme, I read the Star Wars number one. Ooh, I also read that. By um, well, it's by some people, but it's based on the original screenplay by George Lucas. Young George Lucas. It is. That one. It is the original vision for what Star Wars was going to be before he refined it and polished it and turned it into the the epic. Saga that the we Mad Libs that today. we all know and love. And stumbled himself into a successful <clears throat> franchise. Just like he stumbled into a successful franchise with Indiana Jones. Jones yeah. It's just, just pure luck. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg just directed it, bitch. That's right. Lawrence Kasdan just directed Empire Strikes Back. No, actually, Wasn't it was that Irving Kirchner. Irving Kirchner just you're, directed Empire Strikes Back. If you're going to sling mud, buddy, at least know what you're talking about. Get your facts straight. Oh, snizzy. So, the Star Wars, the original version. Does this feature Luke Skywalker? General Luke Skywalker. Does this have Darth Vader? Yes, it does. Oh, he is called Darth a, Vader? A maskless 
Darth Vader. Ooh, you and get to see his shiny white face. Well, no, he he has hair. He looks like a bad guy, but he's yeah. got kind of like a reminiscent of like almost a Hitler style haircut. Um, like a little the, bit longer. The standard back, for all but, bad guy haircuts. Uh, it it features uh, one of the original names of one of the. Um, for his main hero, uh, Star Killer. I forget what Star Killer's first name was. Um, there was the family. There was Anakin. Was the middle? Was the oldest son? Right. Uh, Dursk. D. D. A. Deke. Okay. Deke. Deke was, was the youngest the young son. And Bob. And I don't remember what the old Star Killer's right. name was. They looked very similar to General Luke Skywalker. They were, I when they when I first saw them on page. I thought I was reading like you get the story of Starkiller's story, and then whenever Starkiller and Skywalker meet, I, th- I for a second I had to go back and read again because I thought it was the yeah, same character both times. Yeah. Um. But so it features these two characters. They look like they're old friends um, from from. The Clone Wars? They didn't call it the Clone Wars. It was called something else, but they had been... The Lone they, it was Wars? Like, it was like the Grand Uprising or yeah, something Yeah, they had like fought that. together against something at one point. So they're old war friends. These Star Destroyers are fucking flying. Yeah. They're going They're in evasive actions, too. Yep. They've yeah, got high banking turns. There's a panel of four Star Destroyers, and they have all Tight these... formation. All these jets coming out of the back, and it looks like they're going way faster than you've ever seen a Star Destroyer go before. Like, they could match an X-Wing. And I, see, I get I the think sense that they're way smaller. Yeah, though, that's, yeah. The, that's the impression I got, that, I got too. Um, but I, I really did enjoy the Star Wars. There yeah. was a lot that you could see the general direction of where George wanted to take A New Hope. Um, there's a lot of Star Wars expanded universe and just the entire universe uh, discussions because yeah. I think it like it starts out on Utapau, right? Um, which is Utapau was one of the planets from Revenge of the, Revenge Sith. Of the Sith. It's right next to Utapau. Utapau, <laughs> yes. Where where was it in Sith? Uh, it was the planet where General Grievous had shuttled all the separatists. Oh, yeah, that's where that's where Obi Kenobi rides the uh, Obi Kenobi. <laughs> Obi Kenobi. <laughs> How the fuck is Obi Kenobi? It's it's Obi. That's his first Kenobi. and last name without the Juan for his middle name. Yeah, because he was uh, Latino. He was Obi Wan. Would you call Don Magic Juan just Don Juan? <laughs> Don Juan, yes. If it's a proper first and last name. But anyway, the comic book has fantastic artwork. Um, it's almost too realistic in some places. Yeah, that's a real problem. It's not... because, like the I th- haven't looked at it yet. You're looking for help, some, I don't know. Some panels are so photorealistic, like this one. It stands out from the rest, which is a little more like classic yeah, comic the, artwork. Yeah, the, the close-ups... Do tend to be a bit more realistic it's looking. It's really far away good stuff. artwork. It's really nice. Um, the uh, the production on the book itself is really slick too. Like the cover's a little thicker. 
pages seem a little thicker. The whole thing just feels like a little bit higher quality. I really, I really like the type treatment of the Star Wars. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, very vintage. Yeah. Supposedly this screenplay was written, or this rough draft, was written in 1974. So this was a full three years before um, A New Hope, which wasn't even called A New Hope when it was released. No, it was just Star Wars. Yeah. And they dropped the... For it being like an issue one, I'm I already like what I read. Me too. There's not a whole lot of debate. It's I like it. I cannot wait for the second issue. Yeah, it's I know that the way Paul reads his well, comics, he will put them in a stack in order from what he wants to read the least to what he wants to read the most. I do that too now. That's true. I do that too. I I do it sometimes, but I cheat often because Sometimes I'm just too excited and I have to read the shit that I really want to fucking read. And this was the thing I wanted to read more than anything. And I was pretty much captivated even though I was kind of confused. And then I even thought as I was reading it, I was like, I bet this is what it was like to watch Star Wars for the first time. It's like, this is really cool, but I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. I don't know who's who. It's like a lot to take in. You don't need to know what's going on, right? but if you have watched Star Wars, it's really cool to look at the groundwork and be like, okay, now he he wanted to associate here and there. Um, Alderaan is actually like the Imperial Center, right. is, is Imperial City. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's and, Alderaan. And, and all of these character designs are based on the original Ralph McQuarrie um, artwork, which, you know... That guy is incredibly responsible for the look of Star Wars. He was the original concept artist. This is some really, really nice artwork. This cover is fucking awesome. It really is. It feels like the cover is done in a style that I feel like it fits into the Star Wars universe. Like this could have been because it's, one of the episodes. It's because it's based off one of the old posters. I understand. I'm just saying the quality is high too. There was a. I don't know how many variant covers were done, but there was another one of that exact same composition with all the characters in the same places and everything, but a different artist painted it. And uh, I know that there was at least one. I saw it at the store. They had already marked it up to $10. Wow. Is fake Han Solo Swamp Thing here? Is that what's going on? Uh... Yeah, I thought that was Swamp Thing, too. Yeah, uh, Han Solo is like a green lizard-like character. Good thing they got the green with them. From what I understand, he is going to be probably the most different from all have not. We have not been introduced to him yet, have we? No. Okay. No. How many issues in this miniseries are there? There's going to be seven. Yes. Um, Everybody's got a red lightsaber. Well, not everybody, but anybody that has a lightsaber has a red one. Uh, they introduced... Well, there's some weird like, shit going on in this. In the very beginning, they introduced, like, a Sith Lord. Yeah. Um, who, in the movie that we all know, basically played the part of a sand person that, like, attacked Luke and knocked him out. But in this, it's like a Sith Lord that shows up that um, Starkiller has to fight. It's very weird. And dies probably too soon. Just like a certain Sith Lord in Phantom Menace? No, that character pretty much bit it. Like, 
within the first couple of pages. Well, yeah, at least they guys real fast. At least they're consistent and they cut them in half. Yes. Yeah, they did. All right, all right, I'm good. Looks really cool. It's something I was on the fence about, but now hearing you guys talk about it and seeing it, I think it, I'm definitely going to give it up. I would up. definitely give it a shot. I and, would too, and I wouldn't. Just a heads up, it might be kind of hard to get. I don't know because yeah. I did see that it was being um, reported on CNN, like dot com. They were talking about the Star Wars you never saw or something like yeah. that. So I got connections. Better beat up Matt and take his before we leave tonight. Paul, do you think that uh, that's something you might actually be interested in now? Because you kind of were not initially. Yeah, I'm still not going to get it. No? No interest? Um, I'll read yours. That is baffling to me that you have no interest in it. Eh. I'm not going to buy it. If you leave it here, I'll read it. That outrageous three ninety nine cover price. Yeah, I'm just not... I, I don't know. It's it doesn't really it doesn't really pull me in. The art's really really mm-hmm. good. Um, every time I see art like that, I'm like, okay, well, how long is it going to be before they have some filling on this book? Because I can't imagine that guy's capable of keeping up. Maybe a, this a guy. Comic. Maybe he's almost done with it. Maybe he's on the last issue right now. It's not like people were waiting on this thing for a long time. They like announced it, and I'm sure he had a lot of this shit done. Yeah, I feel like I'd have a hard time dismissing my preconceived notions of what Star Wars is and accepting like yeah. some weird, goofy shit. It was kind of tricky to do that, I admit. And it's you, just an Elseworlds tale, though. More or less, but it's very Elseworlds. It, there's very little that... I mean, there's like parallels, but it's not like they're taking it and changing one thing. I mean, this is really fucking different. I like Swamp Thing. I think he could be a handsome. Swamp Solo? Swamp Solo. <laughs> I think he could be an excellent Millennium oh. Falcon. Is there a Millennium Falcon in this yet? No. Not yet. Uh-huh. Not yet, but it looks like the Star Killer's transport looks like the, yeah. looks like the uh, Millennium Falcon. Paul, you indicated that maybe you've been the doing an awful Eagle, lot of if reading you lately. Correct. <laughs> I normally do an awful lot of reading. What did you read this week, my friend? I was most... I I read DC Universe versus Masters of the Universe. I've been interested to hear how that was. It was... It was a very fun read. It's not gonna change the comic book landscape. It's not the next um, Kingdom Come or Dark Knight Rises or Returns or whatever that book's called. But it's it's fun. You like comic books, It's a cool book. You want... Yeah, you want comic... Book characters, do you want some He-Man, Superman? More like the next Trencher. This is the next Trencher. It's probably probably better than Trencher because we're using established characters already. In a Paul, really... would, Paul would throw up if he saw what Trencher was, if he saw what Trencher even looked like. <clears throat> My biggest concern reading DCU versus Masters of the Universe was how they were going to reconcile bringing those two worlds together. But they do it through magic, and the way Keith Giffen writes it, it seems totally natural. I was reading it like, oh, of course, this is how they're going to do it. Yeah, that book, uh, uh, Masters of the Universe versus DC Universe, that's in my queue, and I'm probably going to try to read that tomorrow. Yeah, the artwork isn't all that great. I wish they would have got a better artist. Uh, When I was talking with Keith Giffen at the Baltimore Comic Con, 
he said that a couple big name artists, guys like Dan Jurgens, a favorite of Matt's, and George Perez and um, Jerry Con Jerry Conway, mm-hmm. they they requested to work on this book, and DC turned them down and got this guy Dexter Soy to do it, and he has a weird anime sensibility to his faces. Why were these people turned down? I would love to see a Dan Jurgens drawn DCU Masters of the Universe or even George Perez. I think you get one of those big name creators on this book and it's it's going to be really neat, but for some one reason or another, DC decided to go with this no-name guy. And it was good. It was cool, but it would have given it would have been a little more special if it would have had a little bit of that, you know, name recognition and classic artwork from a couple classic creators on it. The art was very unremarkable. Um, yeah, I, as a right. matter of fact, I feel like that's a generous assessment of the art based on when I flipped through it. I I think there was a lot technically wrong with it. Yeah. I think it was pretty bad, really. I still recommend it. It's a it's a it's a fun, enjoyable book. If you're a big He Man fan like I am, like He Man and D C stuff, perfect match for me. Interesting. It seems jarring to me. Maybe, I'm, I'm not really Maybe if interested. there was a Marvel Medea crossover, Ian would be. Well, oh, here's man. the thing: uh, the Star Wars Paul Dare was you. fun and enjoyable, and if you like Star Wars, it's a good read. So I'm I'm confused why you wouldn't be interested in the Star Wars, but yet a contrived Marvel versus DC, or I'm sorry, uh, DC Masters versus of Masters of the Universe seems to really. I thought it was contrived too, but it worked. It worked way more seamlessly than I expected it to. Spoil it a little bit for me, because I'm not going to read it. How did the two worlds come together? Dom hasn't read it. I'm not worried. Nobody's worried here. Go ahead. I know that their universe, the the Univi, come together. The Univi. (laughs) McSauce. McSauce Dictionary. Dictionary. Univi. <clears throat> yeah. So that can't possibly be a word, right? It's, it's, it's multiple universe. Is universe. Univi sounds better, though, right? Universes. You have too many it's, 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 it's universes. Hornak is taking over Eternia. Right. So Skeletor needs to find a new place to crash. He Man's mother, Marlena, is from Earth. So there's already preconceived knowledge of Earth on Eternia because. The Queen of Eternia is from Earth. So Skeletor decides, you know what? There's a shit ton of magic on Eternia, but everyone on fucking Eternia is some kind of magic user. But on Earth, there's also a big font of magic, and there's way less magic users. So I'm going to go there, and I'm going to run the show. So Good he plan. Kinda, <laughs> he kind of tricks Evil in into helping him get over there, then he abandons her on Eternia. He finds Black Alice on Earth and uses her as like the his Earth magical conduit. Constantine and Madame Xanadu get involved. It works. Well, I will definitely not be reading this. It, I know it, it, it sounds like they're just doing this because they own the brands and they're putting them together. But it was, it was a cool story. It, it does sound like that's what they're doing. Uh, it could be just some creative thing. They're like, this is this is this was meant to be, 
or it's they're just cashing well, in. Then I'll be sure to criticize you guys whenever you get that Star Wars X Men crossover, just because they own the brand. So I won't buy that either. I probably won't even buy that, and I'm a big X apologist. Yeah, Dom, what you been reading? I finished up the uh, Trinity Wars and also started into the new event of Forever Evil. So you've just been reading one story. Forever Evil. Yeah, I've I've been reading one story under two different titles. You read Forever Evil, the prequel, and then Forever Evil. Yes. The Trinity Evils, the Forever Mm -hmm. Wars, I don't know. Oh, Trinity Evils. Yes. Trinity of Evils. Yes, but I, did, I finished the Trinity Wars and was very let down by the ending. Ouch. I was a little underwhelmed. It's, it was at book five and they're still laying out plot points. Book six was really rushed. They didn't answer anything. There was more questions at the end than there were solved. And it really just looked like DC is pushing everything to Villains Month. Forever evil, the villains take Forever over. Forever evil. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed Forever Evil though. I like what they're doing there. Dom, what did you think of the artwork in Forever Evil? Uh it is, the artwork in Forever Evil is David Finch and I am a fan. I do like his art style. He was at Baltimore Comic Con. He was at Baltimore Comic Con. Paul, did you talk to him? I walked up to him and I slapped him across the face with this book because he clearly mailed this one in. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm not a big David Finch fan to begin with, but I really felt him and the anchor just threw this issue together. There's a lot of like really weird panels, some goofy angles, some, yeah, some really weirdly weird angles on faces. I've seen a lot of David Finch artwork in. Though I'm not a fan of it, I recognize when he's on his game. Forever Evil, not on his game. I'm going to say it. I feel like there is so much technically wrong with David Fincher's artwork that I just feel like he's the next generation Rob Liefeld. Oh, what I will that's say, rough. What I will say, just like Rob Liefeld, he brings a lot of energy to the page. He brings a lot of excitement to the page. Um, you know, he's... I feel like he's clearly having a good time when he's drawing this stuff. I just wish that he was a little more technically sound. I don't feel like he's quite as all over the place as Rob Liefeld, but I do feel like they are similar. They all they, he, they both draw faces that are like kind of the same all the time, male and yeah. female. Um, they kind of put a lot of unnecessary cross-hatching all over the place, like a lot of line work where it's unrequired, just kind of dirties things up. Um, yeah, you and I talked last week a little bit that David Finch is kind of overrated. I agree. I feel like people should kind of hold him in the same regard as they do Rob Liefeld. <laughs> I think that might be a little harsh. Uh, here, I will say this. While David Finch is technically more sound than Rob Liefeld, I like Rob Liefeld's energy better. So I would take a Rob Liefeld drawn comic book over a David Finch drawn comic book. How do you like that? Stun silence. From That's the a room. bold statement. Yeah, like it wouldn't be a McSauce comic book podcast without one of my 
<laughs> trademark bold statements. I, I feel like the difference is you can look at, you can read through a David Finch page, and it's gonna be and not bust out laughing. And it's gonna be it's gonna be okay your first look down it. But as soon as you see a Rob Liefeld page, you're like, what the fuck is happening with this foot or this face or these titties or something? Like, Rob Liefeld's mistakes are way more noticeable than some of Dave Finch's stuff. I'll agree with that. But yeah. they're Rob, Rob Liefeld's anatomy is like, he just picks people's heads off and sticks them on their back and sticks some boobs on it, and there we go. That That's it. This is way better than that. Sure, there are some there are some mistakes. I can't say it's glaring. I like David Finch's stuff. He's not my favorite dude, but I think you guys are being a little rough. Neither neither artist is capable of understanding the woman's thigh, like Frank Cho. Well, who is who in humanity? Delicacy. Understand the woman's the thigh, patron like patron saint of, of the <laughs> yeah that we didn't talk to. Yeah. We did. I don't feel like I was unfair in my assessment of David Finch. Of course, you wouldn't feel it. It was your assessment. I, I, I think you're, you know you're right. I mean, there's he looks like he looks like he called him this generation's Rob Liefeld. That's that a little, is a, that's little a little harsh. But he does look like a, a better version of Rob Liefeld. I, I get that you yeah. don't like his stuff, but it's not like I Paul did, said. I it's not shocking. I didn't like, say that. I said that there's a lot of technical issues. But I appreciate the energy and the excitement that he brings to the page. And they both do, like, squinty eyes, tiny nose. But you don't... Am I not correct in saying that you don't like Dave Finch? You've said that before. You don't yeah. really like his Don't his you art. think? Don't you think? Um, you've said that. You don't like his stuff. And that's okay. It is? It's okay? It is okay. I'm just responding to you. Um, I sat here quiet the whole time. <laughs> you cannot like it. It's okay. I don't not like him. I I like him better in some things. I think this is some of the worst I've seen from him, to be honest. I I would agree. I would agree. I just flipped through it. It's not very good. And Uh, it's also surprising because it's such a big event. You expect it It to be a lot better. Maybe he's just not on his shit. It makes me want to go back and look at New Avengers. I think that's when he was at the top of his game, was New Avengers. Yeah, and and I thought that initially his stuff on... um, the Dark Knight, when the new Fifty Two started, was was nice looking. But yeah, his again, Moon Knight issues were good. I want to go back and I want to kind of absorb all that and yeah. kind of look at it with a little bit more of a critical eye because I feel like maybe I was not doing that before. Maybe there were a few things in this issue that made me start to really look at everything. Because maybe once you notice one little thing, let there be light. <laughs> I think your house is kicking us out. This is. This has been doing this all day long. I've been in the light, and then I'm in the dark. All day long. The light just got brighter when I didn't think that it could get any brighter. Like, your house just called last call on us. <laughs> My eyes are adjusting right yeah. now. That's how much difference The credits just finished. <laughs> there was nothing at the end of the film. Besides the artwork in Forever Evil Number One, I was really happy with it. I thought the story was really cool. The Justice League are supposedly dead. There's gonna. It looks like there's gonna be a faction of villains that have to save the Earth from the real villains, which are the Crime Syndicate of America. Do you like the, the Crime the Syndicate? Evil Justice League? No, I think they're a goofy gimmick. But evil like cool. like what? What are they evil like? 
the Justice League. The fruits of the devil. <laughs> What's kind of neat about this issue is no, that... Sorry, too, but you lost. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> is that Ultraman, the, the evil Superman, snorts kryptonite. Yes. Kryptonite. <laughs> wow! He crushes, Did you come up with that at Comic Con two days ago? <laughs> nice. He crushes it up into powder. He turns it into smoke with his eyes, and then he then he sniffs it because that's how he gets his power. And he's like, "That's a shit, baby." It was a good, it was a cool story. So, uh, Forever Evil is coinciding with DC Comics. Villains Month. This is Killer the first Wallet Month. This is the first 3D cover that I've seen in person, and I just had a seizure. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's too much. DC Comics uh, this month is doing uh, villain Villains comic books month. featuring villains, and uh, every issue. That's more like it. Of the new 52, they're supplementing the hero with one of their villains. So. In what is this title? Um, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is now Two Face number one, and every one of these issues has a 3D lenticular style cover that's kind of 3D and it kind of moves. And I think the covers are fucking awesome. And I'm not a gimmick guy. Like I was so over gold foil stamped covers and embossed lettering. Right, Tribe. Yeah, they were... And Shaman's, uh, te- Shaman's Tears, and... I'm, I'm naming all the image stuff, but uh, like... Shadowhawk. Apocalypse. Shadowhawk Rock. Yeah, all it. that bullshit. We were so over it, but then, like, there hasn't been much, aside from a few polybagged issues from Marvel. I feel like the gimmicks haven't been there until DC just exploded this month with 52... Well, there were the, covers. the die cut face covers from Batman. Oh, they Batman. did that too. Yeah, yeah. And they did the they did the, the, the state the, flags. They did the state flag for the Justice League of America. But those were oh, that's right. They did. Do issue I don't, one I of don't just, know them. I'm, yeah, issue one of Justice League of America had individual state flags. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, issue nineteen were the fold out covers. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't exactly a gimmick, and neither were the die cuts because they didn't raise the price. And the die and cuts were like, just Batman books, right? On these lenticular designs, they are all raised to three ninety nine. However, if the book was already three ninety nine, it's still three ninety nine. Lenticular is that the word? Lenticular. For? Lenticular. I think that's the moving yeah. style. In the back, they even show you yeah. how it's done. Like it's done that's in layers cool. and shit. Okay. But I was when I first saw these covers, I was like, "Oh my god, I I need to own these. These yeah. are like cool art." I was turned off when I heard that they were having three D covers. I agree. And I got my pull list, and I was like, "I right, just give me like the regular 2D covers. I'm not worried about the 3D. I don't care. Right. Um, Substance over style in Dom's arena. Uh, correct. I'm not a big flashy guy. I like things simple. And I went to the shop. He likes foreskin. <laughs> Doesn't like all that circumcision. <laughs> That's a long way around that. You could have said a lot of other things, but you went straight to the foreskin. So I saw, I saw the covers and I changed my opinion on them. That I did like them, but I still did not purchase any of the 3D covers. Don't worry, you have a whole month to decide if you want to. Pick no, up. I, I decided week one that I'm not getting any of the 3D covers. Don't worry, I'm getting them for you. Thank you. Um, 
I bought every one of them except yeah. I couldn't find Green Lantern. However, I think Paul has accepted the challenge to try to hunt me one down. And, yeah. Uh, is that the relic it? one? Is that yeah. right? Called a couple numbers. Should have it for you on Friday. Which is weird because I went to that store that you called and I asked if he had any and I was told no. Did you say that your name was Paul McGinty? I didn't. That would be why. Yeah. That name has a lot of pull around this I, park. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, I thought I, I could just get by on my handsomeness, but I probably should have name dropped. When DC announced these 3D covers, I was like, what the fuck <laughs> are they doing now? But they're kind of neat. I know Ian has like some low grade epilepsy, but like <laughs> they're, they are. I can't look at it seriously. They're making they're me cool. a little they're, sick. They're, they are really kind of cool. cool. But ugh. they look good. It's not like a fake, yeah, yeah. shitty version. It's like you know, I think the that works out. I think well. the Two Face one in particular is really good because that coin that's like flipping toward you. I feel like that shit really looks like it's like raised off of there. Yeah, there's the the Green Lantern cover has like stars in the background, and if you if you hold it with like your thumbs on the front, it looks like the stars are above your hand. Then for some of the effects, some of the effects, it looks looks really neat. Now the stories on the inside are utter garbage, but I am the actually, covers are really cool. Uh, if, since none of those stories are following continuity in the way of already existing storylines. Those books are moved to the back of my queue, and I'm going to read all the storyline books. Yeah. If you go and like this, by the time Batman's squirming in the background. Oh, it looks is. like he doesn't have a leg. Like his yeah, leg looks got like cut it, off yeah. at the knee. So yeah. the stories are utter garbage. Well, the one I the, the one I read was utter garbage. The stories are cow nipple garbage. Ooh, utter garbage. Cow. That's utter right. garbage. I see where you went. I got that. <laughs> Wait, is that even the back? <laughs> yeah, even even the back, because you know it's a shadow, and that's that's enemy. Yeah, the snow, yeah. the snow on the on the ad looks neat. Yeah, pretty dope. Let me see. That. Let me see that back cover. It's cool. Yeah, I got Green Lantern twenty three point one. It's the new the new bad guy's named Relic, and it's it was a pointless story. The, is that his first appearance? No, his first appearance I think was in New Guardians twenty one. Yeah, and I think New Guardians twenty one. <laughs> Uh, but it's his origin story. It's nothing that couldn't have happened in a page of New Guardians or a couple, a couple, um, couple word balloons explaining who he is, and you're done. I don't think you needed an entire issue dedicated to that guy. So I'm really going to be selective with my 3D covers. Sadly, I'm get not. the 2D covers and fly off the handle and get them all like I am. Yeah. No, no. I'm get. I'm, I don't think so, buddy. I'm getting. I believe all of the Batman's except for the Man Bat issue. Why are there so many fucking Batman? Because he has the biggest covers. Rogues Gallery, and he's got the really most asking books that out much? there. But yeah. have have these characters even? But it's had Bat- big roles. But in the DCU so far. Uh, but it's Man, Batman. Man Bat has. Man Bat. Man Bat. Still Batman. Ventriloquist has not made an appearance in 52 yet. That's not accurate. Oh, he, he has? Detective Comics, when Detective first started. Oh, so he, the first arc of Detective I did not get. Oh, okay. So, okay, that's that's probably why. He was creepy. She was creepy. She was creepy. Yeah. yeah. Kind of sexy, too. Mm-hmm. No? Wait, Just was me? it the Ventriloquist? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, well, I think, yeah, I think it, it was. was. Yeah, it was Ventriloquist. Or Dollface? 
I remember what the issue. I remember what issue six looked like because. Was it Detective Comics? Yeah, they were Detective. Because you grabbed the first story arc of Detective and then stopped getting it. And that's when I picked up. But I, I, I think that that was that's true. I think you're correct. Yeah, there's there's a couple. Yeah, um, Man Bat actually has made an appearance at the end of Dark Knight. He's been in the supplemental, like the second story. Clayface was in it. Clayface is in it. Yeah, he's got. He's putting out all four Batman titles: Batman, Batman, Robin, Detective, and Dark Knight. Uh, four books every week for a total of sixteen. Bad books? Bad books. Insanity. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Insanity. Alright, so Ian, have you read anything over the last week? Not really. I listened to a lot of The Dark Tower, and that's what I did. Yeah. When you, yep. you guys drove to Baltimore together... Yes, we did. ...four-hour road trip together... Yeah. And did you... What was that like? Were, were, were you listening uh, to the same thing on the radio... Were you telling ghost stories? Ah, uh, yeah, sort we were of. Telling a, stories. It was a type of ghost, ghost of pussy, pussy past. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just. It was like the uh, little bit McSauce Origins <clears throat> rehash, little bit old girlfriends rehash, and uh, the time went really fast. Four hour, four hour trip. Because me and that guy over there like to talk a lot, so we just went. Yeah, it was about um, it was about four hours, three and a half, if you cut out our talking ball stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really we had music on and everything, but me and the kid over there just uh, just talked the whole time down and the whole time back actually. And okay, I wasn't sure if you were listening like on your iPod to the Dark Tower. No, I I had done that. I finished that up last week. I finished uh, Wizard and Glass, the fourth book in that series. Oh, you're kind of busting through it. Yeah, I was really deep into this uh, once I picked it back up again. I was doing stuff like I was laying in bed and I couldn't fall asleep, so I'd, I'd put the earbuds in and I'd listen until I fell asleep. Yeah. I was really hooked into the story of Roland and his crew's first kind of adventure. When they're uh, teenagers. When they're, when they're yeah, they're, they're teenagers and you're getting to know, um, you know, the, the characters around him, and also his first love. So it's it's a pretty cool story. They also tie in some stuff from other Stephen King novels. Mm-hmm. The Stand mm-hmm. uh, kind of gets tied in. Uh, they also tie in at the end a little bit of The Wizard of Oz. Um, so it's it's yeah. it's a really it's a really cool it's it's a really cool book. And um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing is listening to Wizard and Glass. Now, are they going to make a TV show for that or? I wish, but I don't. I don't know. Because it would never work as a movie, right? It, no, but it would work as a TV show. I think they could do it. Uh, it would work like a Game of Thrones, really well. I think. Yeah. Last I heard, Ron Howard was, and this has since fallen through, but uh, Ron Howard was supposed to helm the entire thing. There were going to be, and it He's was going to be made Willow, by the way, a movies and TV show type thing. Where some of the stories would be movies, then that get that fill in some of the holes with the TV series. Yeah. And it sounds like that, a really ambitious project. Yeah, do you think that could work at all? Um, I think if Ron Howard really had the time to put the effort into it needed, it could work. Yeah. If you get if you get a really solid you know, driving force like him behind it, 
But I mean, that's 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 ambitious. That's extremely labor intensive. Yeah, that's you're talking about. That's almost probably a decade of work mm-hmm. to go into one project. True. Wow. You know what his next project should be? Star Wars Mad Libs. Willow 2. However, our next project is going to be... We're going to sign off with a Star Wars Mad Libs. And this one's just for Ian. <laughs> Ian's going Ian's to come up with all the words. This one about Lando? Uh, I don't know. Ian, tell me when to stop. No. Oh, uh, that one's it. already... We, we did well, that. Well, right, let's try again. Was that the one we did earlier? Either stop. that or one that I tried. This one's called How to Become a Jedi Knight. Oh. Ooh, okay. That's uh, four four points. And uh, we're going to start here with a noun. What's four points? Four. There's one, two, three, four. There's four points. On how to become a Jedi, a Jedi. Knight. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to start with you because I can see you're the most excited... Noun. Vagina. Yes. Yes, that's the way to there do it. There is a spirit. Dom, adjective. 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 Uh. Deep. Mm. Paul, adjective. Robust. Ooh. And I have an adverb. Um. Sloppily. No, we went over. Those are just words that end in L-Y. Yeah. Like robustly. Dom. Or no, vagin- no, I'm Dom. Ian. Vagin Ali. Person in room. Ooh. Matt Casal. <laughs> For making him sit through this torture. Adjective, Dom. Another adjective. Uh... Well, yeah. I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm going to do bloody. I'll give that a try. Okay. Plural noun, Paul. Oh. Plural noun. Let's go with butt cheeks. <laughs> this one is already I amazing. Ha- I have a noun, <laughs> and it's going to be... Package. Cock and balls, I like it. Yeah. Solid noun. Noun. Um, I've never seen Ian so pained in his life to do anything. Whole. (laughs) (laughs) Plural noun. Plural noun. Can't say holes. (laughs) Actually, that would be pretty funny. (laughs) Um... Balls. Okay. Noun, Paul. Scrotum. <laughs> I have a verb. Masturbate. Good. I like it. Like a nice multi-syllable word. Adverb. Is drizzly. Yeah, yes. sure it is. Sure, why not? It ends in L Y. I don't think that word. is. I don't think it is. It doesn't matter. Neither doesn't matter. is Univi, but yeah, it's well, now in the McSauce lexicon. Adverb, Don. That's another L Y word. Um, I want to say. I, 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 well, smellily. Smellily. 
Thrustfully. Thrustfully. Yes. <laughs> Plural noun, Paul. Oh, the old, the old plural noun. Um, I'm gonna go with grapes. I have a verb. Gargle. <laughs> oh man. And adverb. This is the last one. Running. Runnily. Runnily. No, let's at least make sure that they're... Runny. 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 Adverb, L-Y. Does it have to be L-Y or does runny count? Uh, Read the last four words. Does it make sense? No. No. L-Y. Give me an L-Y. L-Y. Did we do sloppily? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Lightly? Lightly? Okay. We'll end on a light note. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. And then we can all go to bed after this. I know Ian's going to walk out like as I'm reading this. How to become a Jedi Knight. These are the four points. Um, Okay. Want to be a Jedi vagina? Follow these deep steps. Number one, (laughs) find a Jedi Master. In order to become a robust Jedi, a young Padawan or Jedi Apprentice... Wait, I think I fucked up. In order to become a robust Jedi, a young Padawan or Jedi apprentice needs to learn from someone who has sloppily mastered his or her training. Perhaps Master Matt Casal is available. Oh, Oh, he knows about sloppy training. (laughs) He knows about masterfully masturbating Matt Casal. Thrustfully (laughs) masturbating. Number two, study the ways of the Force. It takes a lot of bloody patience and belief in the butt cheeks around you, but a Padawan must understand <laughs> the force before he can, before you. he or she can really practice the ways of a Jedi package. Number three, you said package? Yeah, yeah. Make your own light hole. <laughs> find <laughs> find special balls to place in your lightsaber scrotum. Then commune with that the makes force. Sense. Then commune with the Force to make it masturbate. I watched this porno one night. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, listen drizzly. Finally, the finally and most thrustfully, do as the older and wiser Jedi grapes tell you, even if they want you to gargle lightly. <laughs> mm. I like to gargle hardly. I like light hole. You have, well, to my you, have to, you have to construct your own light hole. And thrustfully, all thrustfully. by itself, was a star. <laughs> yeah, Dom's, uh, you know, the Dom lexicon tonight was, I think, oh, it's fantastic. It was, the Dom it. lexicon was robust tonight. <laughs> we got thrustfully in Univi. Univi. Univi is definitely going in. And the I believe uh, during break that I also, I also said Totori, mm. which is more than one... No, was it during break or was it here? No, we said something else during break because that was going to be the title of the podcast. We yeah, said that Michael Vick was a dog break. killer during break. Was, yes, we said that a lot. And so we say goodnight to episode 25. Anyone else have anything to say? I got nothing. I'm Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Mike Zell. And I'm a guilty special guest. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you.